Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Mart, get spring holiday savings. Buy three tyres and get the fourth absolutely free. Plus, up to $150 instant cash back on trusted tyre brands like Bridgestone, Yokohama, Goodyear, BF Goodrich, Michelin, Zenon and Motorsport X. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69. All with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Test season apply. is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, latest on new Melbourne Super Circuit and Sandown Enduro return. Lee Holdsworth reveals his retirement plan Supercars versus ARG. Is there really disharmony under race? Plus, well, isn't that enough? Okay. Who's going where in supercars next year? All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. Melbourne's proposed new super circuit is set to be confirmed in the lead-up to the Victoria State election in November. Motorsport Australia's proposal for a multi-use track west of the city is backed by Dan Andrews' Labor government, costing up to $180 million. The state-of-the-art complex would be suitable for international car and motorcycle racing, as well as driver education and track days. A site at Bacchus Marsh, 50 kilometres from Melbourne CBD, was in contention but Parked Up Plus has learned that a new front-running location has emerged, although still west of the city. Somewhere in Melbourne's burgeoning west makes sense for many reasons, not least because it's the direction in which the suburban sprawl is spreading. With Bacchus Marsh ruled out, according to informed sources, you wonder where a suitable site west of Melbourne might be. Well, it brings to mind Avalon, 55 kilometres down the Princess Freeway and 20 kilometres from Geelong. There's an international airport there owned by Lynn Fox, surrounded by hundreds of hectares of unused land with a direct sight line back to the city skyline. As it happens, Lynn Fox, which owns the Phillip Island Grand Prix circuit, put in a proposal for an international standard circuit alongside the airport more than a decade ago. That was for an alternative to the Albert Park Formula One street circuit, which was never going to happen. But the idea could be adapted for a multi-purpose motorsport facility capable of hosting big national events. Motorsport Australia sees the new super circuit as the replacement and more for Sandown, which is ultimately doomed. A track out west of Melbourne ticks a lot of political boxes, presuming the Andrews administration gets back in. A site adjacent to Avalon Airport makes a lot of sense, but cost will be a factor. The Fox family, racing supporters as they are, would undoubtedly want a premium for their property. Now, we're just speculating about the location amid strong indications that the incumbent Labor government 
will commit to funding of a super circuit ahead of the November state election. More good news on the future of Sandown and the return of the traditional 500-kilometre pre-Bathurst enduro. Supercars and the Melbourne Racing Club, which owns the combined horse and car racing complex, are talking about a multi-year renewal after next year. And central to those discussions is a Sandown 500 in September 2024, celebrating the 60th anniversary of the first Sandown long-distance race. The inaugural Sandown Enduro was the six-hour in 1964. It became the three-hour and Bathurst warm-up in 1968, then 250 miles from 69 to 75, before switching to 400 kilometres from 76 to 83. The first Sandown 500 was in 1984, continuing through 1998. The 500 returned as the supercar's prelim to the Bassist 1000 in 2003 and was last run in 2019. The Sandown Enduro was mostly held in September before Bathurst in October, switching from production cars in 1973. Sandown hosted an annual long-distance race almost continuously from 1964, missing out for seven years with brief breaks. The last Sandown 500 was in 2019, although that year it was a month after the Bathurst 1000. It was dropped after COVID cost-cutting canned supercars to driver enduros other than the Bathurst 1000 in 2020, 21 and again this year. As we revealed a couple of weeks ago, Sandown has a round next year and supercars wants a multi-year renewal after 2023. Supercars Supremo Shane Howard confirmed that he wants to restore the Sandown 500 as the traditional Bathurst 1000 warm-up. Latest word is that Sandown has another three to four years, that's 2023 through 2025 or 26, before the suburban site is sold for residential redevelopment, if indeed that happens. At the very least, a 60th anniversary Sandown Supercars Enduro in 2024 would be a fitting near finale for one of our greatest and most historic circuits. In other circuit news, Wakefield Park in New South Wales may not be dead just yet. The Goulburn track officially closed last week due to a zoning dispute. Now, we understand Motorsport Australia has written to the New South Wales and federal governments pointing out Wakefield Park's economic benefit to the region. There's also a feeling that the current dispute is grandstanding on both sides, with the circuit survival relying on likely government intervention. Without Wakefield Park, New South Wales is left with just Sydney Motorsport Park as the state's only permanent circuit. The proposed second track at Bathurst, on the other side of the hill from the famed Mount Panorama course, has hit obstacles. The location of an additional permanent Bathurst circuit is subject to Indigenous objections. Also, the New South Wales government 
is reportedly unwilling to back the $60 million-plus cost of the second circuit at Mount Panorama. Popular V8 veteran Lee Holdsworth has announced that he'll retire from full-time racing at the end of the supercar season. Despite options to continue, Holdsworth felt the time was right to make what was nonetheless a difficult decision. I sort of feel like I'm delaying, I would have just been delaying the inevitable. And, you know, with a, with a, a great opportunity outside of motorsport, I thought, um, you know, I've got a, uh, you know, I've got a part-time job at the moment with, you know, in commercial real estate and um, which came about last year and my year off. Uh, and, you know, when I do something, I like to commit to it 100%. And this is where my future is at. It's not on the racetrack. Um, you know, I'm 39 years old. Uh, I probably, you know, I think the best I could probably do is get to 41 or 42 years old in the sport. And, um, you know, you got to make sure that if you're going to do it, you're going to, you're going to be out there, uh, with it, with a shot of winning races. And, um, um, you know, uh, you've also got to give 110% commitment to that. And I just don't think that I'm in a position to be able to do that with, uh, with everything that's going on outside of motorsport. Nevertheless, was it a difficult decision to give up full-time racing? Yeah, very difficult decision because it's all I've ever done in my whole life. You know, I've sacrificed everything since I was, you know, well, not everything, but I've sacrificed a hell of a lot since I was six, seven years old, you know, racing go-karts. It's all I ever thought about um, was, was trying to make a, a career of it because I loved it. I've got a massive passion for it um, and I've been fortunate enough to, to do it this long and, you know, full-time for... 16 years thought you know i've had a, a pretty good innings in the sport and probably time to step aside and let another young guy come in and have a crack at it and do what he loves so it was it was a very difficult decision because you're stepping out into a into a whole new world outside of motorsport uh and and you gotta you know you're basically starting from step one again um but you know i, I, I love a challenge and um i'm up for it so yeah, excited about the future. Holdsworth has struggled this year with Grove Racing, but he has no regrets about his decision to return for one last full-time season. No, absolutely not. I always, yeah, obviously I want, I wanted to, yeah, my aim was to get better results than what I've had this year. Um, I'm 14th in the championship. I'd like to be in the top 10, and I think that's still achievable. If we can tune it up a little bit, um, and uh, but you know my when I when I signed up for this drive, I understood that it was a twelve month deal, and I always had uh, probably you know my intention was to do that twelve months and then step out um, and and call it a day, which you know, now I've done. Um, I, I probably didn't realise that there'd, there'd be another opportunity. Um, that would present itself even, you know, up to the midway point this year. Um, you know, I still thought that, uh, you know, I, I always had in mind that this would be the end at the end of this year. But, um, yeah, I had a little bit of a think about extending into next year. But um, in the end, you know, I think uh, being able to being able to call uh, or bow out on my own terms 
is um you know, I, I think that was always what what my desire was to do after so long in the sport and not many people are able to do that you know a lot of people get pushed out for one reason or another and um I think you know I feel pretty fortunate that I'm able to to call it on my own terms of course lethal lee is the defending Bathurst 1000 co-winner although he admits that his prospects of a repeat next month well they're a lot more limited uh probably at this stage I'm not that confident um you know I we've, we've had um had some issues with the balance of my car for uh, the whole year that we haven't been able to rectify. So, um, you know, I think we've we've still got Kukakoi to try and get on top of it. But at this point, you know, I don't think I'm going to be on pole for Bathurst. And um, but you know, that race is uh, is one that throws a lot of curveballs. Um, but I, I just, yeah, and and um, as long as you've got a, a car that's you know on the lead lap and got some um, decent race speed. Um, sometimes it doesn't matter where you qualify. Um, qualifying has been obviously my Achilles heel this year and uh, we've got to sort that out. But, yeah, hopefully we get on top of it at Pukekoe. We've got some ideas. Um, but, yeah, it's been a little frustrating. But uh, it's not to say that, you know, we don't have a shot. Holdsworth isn't stepping away completely confirming he'll be available to co-drive for the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, as we saw last year, you know, you, uh, I can step into a great car, a great team and um, and do the job that I've always known I've been able to do. So, yeah, looking forward to that opportunity again and, and hopefully for many years ahead. So what are your prospects of getting back into a potentially Bathurst winning car for 2023 at uh, least have you got something lined up I, I would like to hope that my prospects are, are pretty um pretty promising um you know i at the moment i haven't i haven't got anything locked away um but yeah so i i'm 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 feeling pretty comfortable that you know i can sit back and and that stuff will sort itself out over the next month or so well Reuniting with Chaz Mostert would be the uh, ideal scenario, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, I think that would be the ultimate. You know, I know, I think, you know, we've got a similar driving style. Uh, we obviously liked the same car last year. And, you know, the, the bond that, you know, we've, we've got a great friendship. Um, we, we've probably got an even stronger bond after our result last year together. It was just an enjoyable outing and uh, really memorable one, obviously, for many reasons. So um, it would be awesome to step back in with Chaz, but, um, you know, that's not a guarantee. And, you know, would, there's there's options, you know, to, to keep going with Groves as well uh, for an endurance seat. So, yeah, look, I, I, either way, uh, I think there'll be a few options and, um, and they'll be they'll be good options. Holsworth's decision to retire on his own terms throws an unexpected curveball into the silly season. He was Blanchard Racing Team's pick to replace Tim Slade, who's off to Premier Racing next year, apparently alongside James Golding. 
The new frontrunner to join BRT is Fabian Coulthard, who is paired with Chaz Mostert at Bathurst, an experienced race-winning hand who wants to return to supercars full-time. Coulthard looks tailor-made for Cool Drive Racing's one-car Mustang operation. Also in contention are Zach Best and Zane Goddard. With Slade moving to Premier to bolster the squad's move up the ranks, Chris Pither is on the market. Pither could be eyeing a place at Team 18, which still hasn't re-signed established star Mark Winterbottom, despite both Frosty and team owner Charlie Schwerkolt declaring they want to continue, no deal has been agreed yet. So amid their public alignment, you have to wonder why there hasn't been confirmation of Winterbottom's renewal. We're told Frosty remains confident he'll have a full-time ride next year, which would be the 41-year-old former Supercars champion and Bathurst 1000 winner's 18th straight season in the main game. In a late twist to the silly season speculation, it's now reported that Todd Hazelwood is looking to leave Matt Stone Racing to replace Slade at BRT. Hazelwood was understood to be signed with MSR through 2023, but the team has confirmed discussions are going on about his future. And so we wait for BRT, Premier Racing and Team 18 to confirm their lineups for next year. And don't rule out other unexpected moves either. More to come after this short break. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast, it's all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. Welcome back. Supercars is returning to New Zealand after two years away. This weekend's Auckland Super Sprint will farewell Pukekohe Park Raceway, set to shut next April. Since 1962, Pukekohe has been New Zealand's premier track, hosting Formula One stars and supercars legends. Along with Sandown, it's the only surviving circuit built around a horse racing track modelled on the long-defunct Aintree combined course outside Liverpool in the UK. Warwick Farm in Sydney was the other notable car and horse racing complex, but motor racing ceased there in 1973. The Pukki Swan Song will be a big weekend for Supercars Kiwi contingent, headed by runaway championship leader Shane Van Gisbergen. Andre Heimgartner and Chris Pither will also be keen to contend for the Jason Richards Trophy. Leading the Supercars title by 500 points, Van Gisbergen can all but clinch a consecutive and third overall V8 crown with top scoring finishes back at home. That would leave him free to attack next month's Bathurst 1000 with Garth Tander without worrying about the points permutations. And as we get ready for the Repco Bathurst 1000 next month, 
Another big event at Mount Panorama isn't far away either. The COVID-delayed inaugural Bathurst International is set for November, featuring TCR, S5000, Trans Am and GT. So, just how international will this new Bathurst event be? Australian Racing Group Chief Matt Braid says overseas star drivers are expected across the board. Well, you're right there, Mark. It's been too long, obviously, since we've been able to really start the Bathurst International in its proper intended form, obviously, due to COVID. But this year, it looks like we're going to get it away, which is fantastic. There's been some really positive discussions with international parties across all our categories, or predominantly across most of our categories. I think uh, we're waiting, obviously, to... From a European point of view, there's a lot of interest. From an American point of view, there's interest, and also from Asia. Uh, the European summer holiday is obviously coming to an end, and we're expecting some further updates uh, in the coming weeks. Um, there's plenty of interest there across the board, just obviously working through logistics with various teams and drivers. But uh, I'm very confident we're going to see a, a fairly interesting international element to the, to the event this year. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be great to get it started and... and uh, Get it started in 2022 and build it from there. Well, some international stars would certainly kick it off with a big bang. TCR, S5000 and Trans Am would seem to be, well, the best prospects for some uh, overseas drivers. Yeah, and also GT too. So uh, there's been interest from GT category guys, uh, from certainly from Europe, um, given it's one of the later ones at the end of the year and also uh, in preparation for, for events that are occurring next year. So the timing's right for many of those drivers to have a look at the event as well as uh, to participate and also uh, get their eye in for future Bathurst events coming up. S5000 launched with former Ferrari F1 star Rubens Barrichello three years ago. And Braid predicts big names will feature at the Bathurst International second round of the revised Tasman Cup Championship. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you know GRM has, you know, that's a technical partner of the category, has capability up to 18 cars. Um, and there's certainly interest there. Um, lots of conversations from, uh, without naming names, but obviously people that have been here before uh, or have talked about coming before and, and also some others. Um, as you know, S5000, I think while we have certainly struggled through COVID to get the momentum in that series, and, and this is sort of our, like our first clear year to do that, um, but the interest that it's actually got overseas is phenomenal and in arguably actually even more than Australia. So we are fielding plenty of inquiry on that category and I'm hopeful we could see some some uh, some name drivers come out for that too, uh, as, as there was last year with a, with a couple of uh, imported guys that turned up at uh, uh, in December. Amid reports of friction between supercars and ARG in the race alliance, the new supercars owner group is looking at buying out ARG shareholders. Those talks are ongoing, with a formal bid for Gary and Barry Rogers' 30% stake in race yet to be made. Matt Braid reveals that reports of friction between supercars and ARG are exaggerated. I, honestly, Mark, I think the people default in this discussion to friction between supercars and ARG, and I'd like to actually say that there, I don't think there is any, to be honest, because realistically, when you look at this reports going on, it's 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 largely a shareholder discussion at the, at the race level between you know, shareholders of race, which obviously incorporates some members and, and shareholders of ARG, 
But actually, as far as the operation of ARG and the operation of supercars, there's no tension there. I think we've, we've both uh, have had some challenging years to deliver our series and we're doing that. Um, but yet we cooperate as well where required. So certainly I think the, the management of supercars have done a fantastic job over the last couple of years with the challenges they've faced. Likewise, I think you know, our team has done a good job on the ARG side and there's no tension at that level. Certainly, I think, uh, depending on what you read, there, there's obviously some differing views, maybe at the race shareholder and board side. Um, but as far as the operation and, and running of the series and the management of the series, both with supercars and ARG, there's, there's no tension uh, at, at that level. So what happens if race goes ahead and buys or buys out ARG? What do you see happening there? Well, it's, it's really not for me to say. I think that's the discussion with the shareholders of race. Um, you know, I think there's certainly, a, you know, Gary and Barry Rogers, who are shareholders of ARG, you know, they've, they've made it clear in some of the, um, the comment they've made um, that obviously the, the unity of bringing the sport together is, is, a, is a plus. And I think that's certainly a long-term aim for many, many stakeholders at in that side, that how can we how can we sort of unify and bring the sport together as one? And that's not necessarily to sort of combine everything into one, but just basically look at ways to actually build the sport together, you know, on both sides. So that could be a distinct opportunity, which I think would be advantageous in many ways from a point of view of the categories, the fans, and the sport as a whole. But you know, I think so the, as far as detail on that and the discussions. Yeah, I'm not really able to comment on that because it's it's largely at uh, shareholder on board level at race, which uh, which I'm not participating in. More from Braid about AOG's future in next week's Parked Up Plus. The Oscar Piastri saga is over, or is it? On the eve of the Dutch Grand Prix, the FIA's Contract Recognition Board Tribunal ruled that McLaren has a legitimate claim to Piastri. The Melbourne-born phenom will replace Daniel Ricciardo at Team Papaya next year. The whole sordid affair confirmed what any informed observer knew already about Formula One. It's a ruthless dog-eat-dog enterprise. Still, the CRB exonerated Piastri, ruling that Alpine hadn't given him meaningful guarantees. The kid from well-to-do Melbourne Bayside suburb Brighton will partner British rising star Lando Norris at McLaren next year. Not an easy entree into F1 for Piastri by any means. But even only half the hype about him is real. He'll justify his place on the grid next year. Ricardo, meantime, is facing an uncertain Formula One future. Pierre Gasly has been released by AlphaTauri Red Bull to join Alpine, leaving our Dan with scant pickings. Backmarkers Williams and Haas seem to be his options or a year out before top seats open up for 2024. No real insight here. The whole Farago involving two Aussies has simply been messy and unfortunate. Back after this important message. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, 
as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Racefuel's E85 and ELF Race 102 is available at racefuel.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. And we're on the home straight. As Dutch Grand Prix winner Max Verstappen tightened his grip on his second straight world title, the IndyCar crown is still up for grabs. Scott McLaughlin scored his third IndyCar win, dominating the Grand Prix of Portland, staying in the title race, heading into this weekend's finale at Laguna Seca. Still leading the standings is Aussie Will Power, vying for his second IndyCar championship. How that and the rest of the weekend's racing unfolded, here's Grant Rowley with his wrap-up, presented by our partner, Bob Jane Team. Max Verstappen won his home Dutch Grand Prix at Zandvoort, aided by a late safety car that gave him the opportunity to change the soft tyres. Mercedes driver George Russell was second from Ferrari's Charles Leclerc. Seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton struggled in the final stint on mediums to hold fourth, while Carlos Sainz dropped to eighth from fifth post-race after a dangerous re-entry in pit lane. Aussie Daniel Ricciardo finished a lowly 17th, with Formula 1 continuing this weekend at Monza for the Italian Grand Prix. In IndyCar, it was a trans-Tasman delight at the penultimate round of the series at Portland. Scott McLaughlin took the win from Team Penske teammate Will Power and fellow New Zealander Scott Dixon from Chip Ganassi. Australian Power has extended his lead to 20 points approaching the finale at Laguna Seca, also set to take place this weekend. And in MotoGP, Francesco Bagnaia held off in a Bastiani in a thrilling San Marino Grand Prix. Australian Jack Miller led the event early, but crashed, eventually finishing 18th. That's the racing news from home and abroad. I'm Grant Rowley reporting for Parked Up Plus with thanks to Bob Jane Teammates. Finally, just a note that major resurfacing of the Adelaide Parklands circuit is underway. It's another demonstration of South Australian Labor Premier Peter Malinowskis' commitment to bringing back the Adelaide 500, with the restoration of the South Australian Motorsport Board to run the event, including the appointment of Michael Massey. The Adelaide Street Race Festival's return will be a big finish supercars in early December. Fixing up degraded sections of the 37-year-old circuit plus investment in new infrastructure signifies that the Valo Adelaide 500 is here to stay. Okay, well, that's it for now. Back this time next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley and another special guest on Thursday. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network Car production. Hi, Rodney Jane here from Bob Jane Team Arts. Specialists in tyres and wheels for over 50 years. We stock what tradies need. Tyres, wheels or batteries, we've got you covered. Steel or alloy wheels, 15 inch plus. Big brands such as Monster, ROH, CSA, Fuel, PDW and Dynamic. A massive range. 
Tyres, we love tyres. All-terrain, mud-terrain, 4x4 and SUV tyres. We stock all the top brands such as Bridgestone, BF Goodrich, Falcon, Goodyear, Michelin and Yokohama. Make your 4x4 ute or van look awesome. Cracking deals at Bob Jane T-Mart's. We won't be beaten on price. We'll look after you. Season's apply. Bob Jane.